Suicide Logs episode 157 is brought to you by SmoothMyBalls.com. Use my code WUSAW at checkout for 20% off. That's WUSAW, W-O-O-S-A-H. And today we had George on. George is a philosopher. He teaches at the University of New York. He's also an expert in Japanese culture. We talk a little bit about that talk a lot about religion, the meaning of life, and a bunch of other stuff that I've always been talking about at this uh, show here, but it's it was, a, it was a good episode. I got a lot of information out, and it felt good to have somebody who's got professional credentials or someone who's got credentials from society to just kind of hear what I've got to say. And it was good. It was good hearing what he had to say about certain things, and it makes me feel really good that we had a lot in common. So, looking to work with Mr. George more in the future. Uh, found out at the end of the episode that he he makes movies. So, George, if you're listening, reach out, man. I'll be an actor. And uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. We go. Uh, there it is. Uh, continue. Yes, and there we go. Uh, so, uh, suicide Logs. Episode. Yeah. Shoot, this is how unorganized I am. I don't even know what episode I am. I think this is episode 157. I'm with uh, Mr. George Soris. Soris is Greek. Um, Might have had messed up on the accent there. He <laughs> is a... Um, a philosopher, right? Or you got a? Do you have like a degree in philosophy or something yep. like that? Yep, I uh, have a degree in philosophy. I teach philosophy. I uh, think about other things like that sometimes, among other things. So yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Is that like your full time job, philosophy? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what pays the bills. Uh, Interesting. Um, at a college or high school yep. or in the city university with the city university of New York. Um, nice. I've taught at several different campuses around the uh, city university of New York. And um, yeah, like I said, teach it, pays the bills and keeps my mind uh, and the wheels turning, so to speak. Right. Yeah. How many years have you been doing this? Whew. I, I, I think I've been teaching uh, uh, at that high level, at the college level since I think 2008 sounds about right. And I've been with CUNY and really uh, narrowed with um, philosophy and Japanese literature, actually, too, with, yes. for, since about 2012. Since about okay. 2012. So, and then Do I've been in other educational uh, positions since 2002, I guess. Wow. So, yeah. main career uh, from the outside is just a teacher. Uh, yes, nooks yes. and crannies yeah. of it. That's cool, man. Uh, do, so do you speak fluent Japanese? Or are you just into like the culture of, J- of Japan? Uh, you know, I, I I should don't tell any of my bosses, but um, <laughs> I, sh- I I should speak a lot better Japanese than I do. Uh, I don't speak Japanese very well, but yeah, I just really get deep into uh, a lot of the English, uh, a lot of the stuff that's translated into English. However, there's so many uh, uh, helpful tools nowadays that are um, that help translation. And things like that. And of course, if I need a, a little bit of help, I could ask my friends too. So, uh, yeah. But uh, um, I'm sorry. So you teach, you teach Japanese culture too? Oh uh, yeah. Like you said, don't Japanese tell your culture. bosses. Yeah. Okay. Japanese okay. culture, Japanese yeah. literature. Um, nice. yeah, I snuck into that, uh, in an interesting way. Um, just, yeah. By really being interested in that stuff and then saying, wait a second, I, I, huh. I, I think I could do this, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and somebody was, um, uh, and, adventurous enough to give me a shot and uh, i'm grateful for that and nice, uh, yeah it turned out into a little something too yeah cool i'm excited to talk to you man i've really been wanting 
to uh, speak with some someone of credentials as as you. <laughs> Seriously, well, man. I, like, yeah, I, I, we'll see. I mean, I, I wonder if it's all that that it's uh, uh, that that you're uh, thinking about. Um, maybe it's. Yeah, well, we'll see what I, happens. I, we'll see. I don't really, I swear, I'll be completely honest. I, I didn't even know your name until maybe 30 minutes ago. I just, you know, <laughs> right, I watched right, right. a couple of your videos, but mm -hmm. I was just, you know, yeah. just kind of busy. And so I kind of had yeah. it in the background playing, but, yeah. uh, you know, reading your biography and everything about you and stuff, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm assuming he's he's got like a degree or something. And uh, something with my show, I've really wanted to maybe philosophy would be a, a good thing to talk about. I never really, I guess it, for me, I, I've always wanted to talk to like a psychologist or something on, right. on my podcast or maybe <clears throat> maybe even a therapist, excuse me. But <laughs> right. philosophy, I feel like that's something I get into. So correct me if I'm wrong. Would you consider religion as a form of philosophy? <laughs> I think this is how I take philosophy. I mean, I feel like if you ask uh, uh, 10 different philosophers, what is philosophy? You'll probably get 20 different answers. Okay. And uh, I, the reason I love philosophy so much is because it's really, uh, at least how I see it, it really is getting deep into um, the ideas of just about anything. So certainly philosophy of religion, I, I've taught philosophy of religion. I'm so grateful that you mentioned uh, uh, my, my videos on YouTube. Uh, what, what are they called? Pondering philosophy. On YouTube, uh, yeah, my channel is George Suris, T-S-O-U-R-I-S. And one reason, I, I haven't done the philosophy of religion one yet, but I will, uh, I hope to in the future, uh, produce a little series on uh, philosophy of religion. But it's it's asking a lot of the harder questions. Uh, I guess uh, some of the foundational questions or some of the uh, uh, questions regarding assumptions that just about anything has. Not just religion, of course, religion, but um, even reality. What is your uh, philosophy of reality? There's when I really got interested in philosophy. Uh, when I, somebody just asked me this the other day, so it's really funny that uh, <laughs> you're almost asking me the same question. They asked me, "What did you really focus on when you were in uh, school?" And I said, "Philosophy of science, actually, philosophy of quantum mechanics." And somebody's mm -hmm. like, "What? What? What is that?" And it's just like, "Well, you just question what does quantum mechanics really mean? Um, what does religion?" really mean. I mean, th th that's an oversimplification without question. Um, but yeah, you could ask just about any question about anything. What is the philosophy of, I don't know, engineering or Math. the philosophy of economics or the philosophy of video games? I think a lot right. of people are, um, yeah, especially since I've gotten into uh, video games a little bit, um, making video games, actually, I've really tried to get into how some philosophers are thinking about video games and looking mm -hmm. and asking different questions about how video games work. How does it work on our minds? How does it make us um, um, consider reality? How does it affect our experience? Um, how might a video game be especially suited to um, ask different questions than a movie might not be able to ask or a music, a piece of mm. music might not be able to ask? So, a, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're also a music composer, right? Yeah, exactly. See, so I like, and that's what I really like about philosophy is that I, it gives me a good excuse. Again, please don't tell my bosses about any of this, right. but it gives me a really good excuse to just explore all these different uh, uh, things that I'm really interested in, especially music. Um, I, I like music a lot. Uh, I, like you just said, I, I compose music. I, I work in music. Um, also filmmaking, um, animation, <laughs> you know, um, and, and from a philosophical perspective, 
we could really, I, I could really look at all these different things in a, with a very curious eye, I guess you could say. Um, I think my bosses, one, one thing that will probably make them happy that I'm going to say is, is every now and again, we have to tell people, hey, major in philosophy, you, don't you want to switch to a philosophy major? And everybody frequently says things like, what am I supposed to do with a philosophy major? Um, and my answer is um, anything you want, man. <laughs> you know? right. it, 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 it's just a way of thinking. Philosophy and how I teach philosophy, at least, is um, just about thinking about things. How do we think about, well, you said religion or, or psychiatry even or psychology. There's certainly a lot of people who study and get into the philosophy of uh, psychology, like you said. A big thing that I'm, I'm not quite as interested in philosophy of psychology, but I'm a little bit more interested in the philosophy of neuroscience, which is, you mm. know, all having to do with the mind and things like that, too. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, philosophy is a, I, I feel like it's just a bucket kind of term that really covers so many wide things. Very that, broad. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. It's broad. It, it, whatever you want to do philosophy of, you can. That, that, that's my point, right? So yeah, you say philosophy of religion, certainly a lot of people are doing that. I feel like I'm, I'm getting like a discounted lesson at uh, New York <laughs> University because well, all I'm thinking about is just people pay money to talk to you. And I'm trying to put myself in the position if I were a college student and I, and I had your class. Right. <laughs> it's so funny though, too, at the same time, again, please don't tell my bosses this, but yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I think, I, I, I don't know if I should be saying this in a proper, uh, uh, yeah, uh, in front of my bosses, but it's, it's ridiculous that I get paid for this mm. because I feel like yeah. it, just like you said, everybody's philosophical. Right. right. Um, everybody's right. already philosophical. You don't need me to help you think philosophically. Well, maybe Some and, and so I, I, I've been wrestling with that question myself. Like, and, and my students say, oh, yeah, this class is great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? I, what am I doing here? I just ask you all to read. And then I I merely ask the questions. Very what rarely are... do I give answers. Right. It's just, hey, these are the questions that we're asking. And so maybe that is what I'm paid to do is get people to think about questions that they might not have otherwise considered. Right. Um, and, right. and even maybe guide them towards, yeah, there's libraries um, um, where you, that are filled with philosophy, but you could go to your public library and get all the books that I assign probably for free. Right? You could probably Google everything you're talking exactly. about right now. That's what there's I'm talking about. So I'm like, what it. am I, what am I paid for? I don't yeah. understand what I'm paid for. And I think the only, uh, thing might be that I'm paid for is that I ask questions or guide certain things that other people might not have initially thought about. Um, but, but even then, I don't even agree with that because I, you know, I, listen, I remember when I was younger, I, I remember my friends, not me, never me, but my friends would be sitting around the basement, you know, playing video games, uh, smoking some of the funny grass. And, you know, you always, we're always thinking these hard questions. Wait, man, could you imagine if, yeah. <laughs> you know, what if, what if this isn't reality right now, man? Have you ever considered that question? And I mean, that's what I get paid to do is <laughs> really feel, seriously you, wrestle with that question. You're trying to say that you're in a way like everybody else. Like you, you think just like everybody else, but look, I, I mean, I, you, you have, you have valid points. I see what you're saying, but also mm -hmm. you might be cutting yourself a little short here. You know, they're, they're, like I, I'm trying to put myself in in the shoes of a student. Um, right. Some of my favorite classes that I've taken in college, um, 
it's crazy how much though not even college high school um regular math and english teachers teachers play a big influence in somebody's life you know um and sometimes i think about it the teachers that spoke to me when i was a teenager early 20s maybe even not even double digits yet there's been times in my life where a teacher has said something what regardless of what it was and it stuck with me and it, it might have changed the course of my life and um with with a teacher of your caliber too teaching at a university people are at kind of like the final stages of of schooling and really um i don't know they're at that high level not everybody i'm assuming most of the people that are in your class want to be in your class you know what i mean Maybe. I mean, unless, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's a requirement, maybe you have to take exactly. a philosophy yeah, class. Yeah. I, I think that I'm fortunate and not just me, but I think the students are fortunate too, that they are forced to take uh, for better or for worse. They are kind of forced to take these requirements and they go, Oh man, what is philosophy? What am I wasting my time with philosophy? So I was joking a little bit earlier about, yeah, being in the basement, playing video games and uh, doing some of that uh, funny uh, grass and thinking about these questions and they might not have thought that, yeah, to, to your point about how somebody might inspire, how I might inspire. And by the way, I do take that as a, a very important part of my job is to motivate students to really see the value of these questions is that, yeah, when you're in the basement uh, playing video games or staring at the ceiling at 2 a.m. thinking about these questions, you might uh, discount your own ideas and go, why I shouldn't be thinking about this right? Oh, this is stupid. This is just us, you know, a little bit high or intoxicated thinking about this. But then you come to my class where, where you, some people are forced to come and they go, wait, I didn't know we were allowed to think about these questions. I thought this was only for like uh, hanging out. And, you know, when we were a little bit, uh, we took a little bit too much of uh, the funny stuff. And that's when I thought about these questions, but I didn't know I was really allowed to think about these questions too much. And I mean, to your point that, yeah, I think there's the inspiration because I do really believe that we're all philosophers. However, as we grow up, we stop asking these questions, hmm. right? I, I, you'll forgive me, but I remember, maybe I'm just an intuitive philosopher, but I remember, and I'm willing you do too, when you were a little kid, you ask your parents questions that they were just like, uh, listen, I don't know. Just, mm -hmm. just shut up with that question. Stop asking that question. And if right. it wasn't your parents, then it was maybe a teacher or somewhere along the lines, you were talking about philosophy of religion before. And you might say to a, a, the priest or the pastor, wait, what does the Holy Trinity mean? What do you mean? Three persons, one God. And then they oh, just don't ask that question. Just believe, will you? And, <laughs> you know, in philosophy class, we kind of, I at least give the permission to ask anything ask anything and we are allowed to ask anything and to take it. And sometimes that means even say anything, which people have been discouraged to talk about for a long time. And maybe that's the inspiring thing because my, my hunch is that somewhere along the education line, you, you were talking about high school a minute ago, somewhere in high school, you said you've had that inspirational teacher, but I remember a lot of my high school teachers that were the exact opposite of inspirational right? That were like, no, just think this way. This is what you have to do. And this is the way you're going to do this in this yeah. class and life, right? Um, whether it's parents, whether it's our pastors, whether it's our teachers who have 
confined, I think, a lot of our thinking. And I think that might be the inspiring thing is that some teacher that you had who was inspiring, who inspired you said something like, it's okay to ask that question. You go and do that and keep doing that. And that's all right. And that's why I think I'm lucky to be a philosophy professor, because that's pretty much always my answer is that that's a good question. I'm not sure I have all these answers right now, but let's wrestle with that question right now for a little while. Let's see what it means. Well, I, I, I'm not sure about God. Uh, does God really exist? I, I, I don't know. Great. This is the class for that. Let's really wrestle with this and see what this kind of thing means. You'll forgive me. I, I'm getting distracted right now just because it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend yesterday about Santa Claus. Mm. And they're like, oh my God, Santa Claus. I can't believe. And he just had his own baby recently. He's like, I can't believe that so many parents around the world, they teach their their kids to such lies about Santa Claus. Why would we lie to our child about Santa Claus? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you, you don't believe in Santa Claus, do you? And I said, no, I, I, you'll forgive me. I don't believe in Santa Claus, but. Oh no, I got to turn the show off. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm sorry. That, that's one of, my, one of my hard beliefs. But isn't there something magical that maybe we're not exactly lying to children? When we're teaching them that Santa Claus, hey, let's pray for Santa. What is it? I guess people don't pray to Santa Claus, but they leave the cookies out for Santa Claus. And people say, oh, you're lying to your children. Maybe you're lying, maybe. And I'm not going to dismiss that, that position. But at the same time, isn't there some other value in believing in Santa Claus? Right. Or right. something like that. And I, I, I know that in my Japanese literature classes, I teach a, a, a writer named uh, Murakami Haruki, who's very famous in uh, Japan and certainly very famous here. Um, and he's, his writing style always involves this little parts of magic called magic realism. You know, the genre is called kind of called magic realism. And I always ask the students, why do you put this in the story we read is called Elephant Vanishes. Why do you put this little magical elephant in the story except the whole rest of the story is realistic. Hmm. And I'm wondering about that. And the way I've wondered about it is maybe there is a value in believing in magic. Now I'm not saying believing in every silly thing that comes along. I certainly don't believe in, in, in everything. And I do say, I don't believe in this. I do believe in that, right? But isn't there some kind of value in believing in magic? Some kind of magic, some kind of magic. Because yeah, I, I certainly went through this phase of my life where everything was just cold, hard facts. And if it wasn't cold, hard facts, I didn't believe in it. And I, I kind of still stick with that. That does stay with me. But now that I'm a little bit older and I, I look around and I get, uh, I, I get uh, misty-eyed when I see the Christmas trees decorated in the mm. neighborhood. And I'm like, wow, that's, that, there really is something there that's missing isn't there more to life than just the cold, hard facts? Now, I'm not sure that there's a jolly old fat man that comes down my chimney. By the way, I live in New York City. I live in a New York City apartment. I have no chimney, right? So <laughs> how does any of that make sense? But there might be value in the nostalgia, perhaps. Right, and, right. And isn't there some value in thinking like a child, by the way? And I, I know for a large portion of my life, I didn't think like a child. And now I'm like, wow, I wish I could believe in that magical stuff. And there, there is something magical about feeling young. 
Like just because right. I'm, I'm about 27 right now. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I, I like to have this joke where I'm, I say I'm level two adult, you know, I've, <laughs> you, you know, I've been an adult, but maybe not that long enough, but long enough to consider it a big part of my life, I guess. And right. I, sometimes I still long for that feeling of like, I can never go back unless I get, you know, handicapped or something or something happens to me and I have an accident and I need to be taken care of for the rest of my life. But besides that, um, if everything goes as smooth as possible, there's like no way that I'm going to go back to not being able to drive, not knowing how to drive, (laughs) just like simple adult things, um, paying bills and things like that. And when you take so many adult things away from someone what are you necessarily? You're just like a grown child. And sometimes I really do try to make time for my life, just like a day where I, how do I say it? I don't really have a name for it or anything, but I always try to make time at least once a month or something where I have nothing scheduled. And all I do is just be a 15 year old, you know, I'll, I'll eat junk food and not try not to feel. And as I get older, I start paying for it a little bit more the other day, <laughs> dude, <laughs> the other day I ate marshmallows. Cause when I remember when I was young, I would just eat bags of marshmallows, like, like it was candy or something. And I, I had three marshmallows and I just had this disgusting, like guilt of what the fuck am I doing? This is not good for me. Um, yeah, yeah. but for me, I, it's I, chocolate. For me, my marshmallows are chocolate and always around December, I just gorge myself on M&Ms and Hershey Kisses and all kinds of chocolate from all over the place. And then exactly like you said, I I regret it. Yeah, I I regret (laughs) it, but it's, there is something childish though. I want to, I want to back up a little bit though, because you told me about, uh, the invisible elephant is that what it was or the disappearing Uh, elephant vanishing elephant so that's like a japanese story or something yeah yeah it's a japanese story by a a famous japanese writer named uh, murakami haruki it was written in 1985 and and he's very famous in america even uh for those people who read i think i forget what is uh i i used to follow him a lot more i was you know uh, i i had a big project on him uh, earlier in my life, but I've passed that project by. Um, some of his bigger novels are Norwe- uh, Norwegian Wood, um, which was turned into a movie. It's a copy. It steals the title of a Beatles song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another big novel of his was um, The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. Kafka on the Shore is another one. Uh, recently, he's uh, made uh, Colorless Tsukuru, and uh, The Adventures of Colorless Tsukuru, or something like this. Mm-hmm. I-, I haven't read that one because... Yeah, my Murakami does he, does he make so he makes stories for children? No, they're oh, adults. Okay. And, when and you said not the only co- are they oh. not only are they for adults, but they're some people say that they're hard to understand oh. because there's this weird magic. It's like what what happened to this elephant? I, 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 the the story oh. makes sense. I'm gonna look into it. Yeah, do, Jap- I, no, do, Japanese, you. do yeah. Japanese people believe in Santa Claus? Like, is that is yeah, that a that, thing? Interesting. That's an interesting question because certainly uh, Christmas is a lot more celebrated in Japan today than it was, let's say, a hundred years ago. But um, uh, yeah, what do they believe in? What don't they believe in? There's an old uh, saying that I'm I'm stealing, and of course, it's a over over generalization. But it's these over generalizations are uh, are there for a reason. Uh, there, there's something that says, uh, God, how how does it go? It says uh, when you're born. In Japan, you're born Shinto in the Shinto religion. You marry Christian, and then when you die, you become Buddhist, or or in elderly life, you become Buddhist. Huh. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I might have mixed up that that phraseology, but the the meaning for me is that Japan just has a tremendous history. I mean, this goes back to ancient times even um, of bringing in so many different cultures and so many different religious beliefs and combining them in a very, uh, in a coherent way, or maybe it's not coherent. And so what if it's not coherent, right? But they're able to live with so many different traditions and say, yeah, and make it theirs. Whereas here in America, to say I'm a Christian Jew or a, a Christian Muslim just is like, no, no, you, you have to pick one. You got to pick one. Yeah, pick right. One. <laughs> Where in Japan, they're just like, yeah, I, I, I'm Buddhist and Shinto and Christian and this and so many things. Now, not everybody follows a, along that path. Right? Like a mixed martial arts of religion. Exactly. <laughs> there you are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, and so they, they you know, it's, a, it's an, like I said, an old stereotype about uh, Japanese culture, especially in the 20th century, that uh, they just take the best of all these different worlds and make it their own stuff, you yeah. know? And uh, yeah, I, I think one way that it really uh, uh, manifests is in technology, of course, right? Uh, Sony is a big company. Sony, I don't think invented anything, but they, hmm. they made everything better, right? <laughs> um, all, all these American inventions, they just made better. Or, or Hon- the automobiles, Japanese cars, um, the most reliable cars in the world, right? Yeah. They didn't invent the car, but there's some kind of magic there. Exactly. So there, there is that kind of thing. So you asked, oh, well, do the Japanese believe in Santa Claus? Yeah, I, w- are- I was wondering if it's like the same. Like, do do they are the children in in Japan waiting by their chimney? Like the same story, or is it maybe twisted a little? Because I know in I think in Russia they don't celebrate Christmas as, as the same way we do, or something. I don't right. know. I mean, all over the world, it's it's a little bit wild, right? Because uh, yeah, Christmas is is different. So many different places, and what role does Santa Claus play everywhere? And in other places, it's more about baby Jesus, which mm-hmm. actually makes sense when you think about it. It's called Christmas. Uh, it's supposed to be celebrating Jesus's birth. But um, yeah, in Japan, I, I I'm not so sure. I I, I can't be uh. uh certain about these things but my hunch is that uh yeah santa claus doesn't play the, the serious role that um um the, the same role that we get in Amer- american commercialized you know uh, yeah, yeah. society um but they there is that uh there is nonetheless a, a very strong spiritual slash religious um, um mindset I'll, I'll give you a, a one Quick anecdote, or I can't be quick because I talk too much. You'll forgive me. So I'll give you a long-winded anecdote. <laughs> you're good, you're good. When I lived in Japan, uh, I was I, I wasn't robbed, but um, somebody was like, uh, would you call it stalking or snooping or like looking through my window? What, what do you call it? Okay. Voyeur, like yeah. a voyeur or something like that. Peeping and Tom. I was freaked, yeah, peeping Tom. There you go, peeping Tom. And, uh, and it freaked me out. It really freaked me out. And uh, I scared the person away, blah, 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 blah. And then I went to the police and I said, Hey, you know what? There's, you know, these peeping Tom going around town and going around the neighborhood. And they kind of blew me off and they said, well, listen, mm. we haven't heard any stories. So whatever. But I told my other friends, uh, my other Japanese friends there in, in Japan and without uh, any hesitation, they, they said, you know, they were like, maybe it was a ghost. Oh shit. And I, and I was like, huh? And I didn't, I didn't know if they were serious. You'll forgive me. You'll forgive me. I, I don't believe in ghosts that way, right? But uh, they were saying it very seriously. And more than a few friends said this. And I have a hunch that if I told the same story to my friends here in America, that, hey, there was a peeping Tom, not one of them would say, hey, maybe it was a ghost. 
You know, it's crazy, dude. Uh, a couple of months ago, I had the exact same story, but the opposite. So mm. I thought I saw a ghost, but I, mm -hmm. I'm like you, I don't really oh, believe right. in ghosts. Right, so right. Um, with that being said, it had to be really, you know, obvious for me to start thinking, okay, this has got to be a ghost. I have a whole episode about it and everything, <laughs> but I think wow. there there's a comedic end to it basically there wasn't a ghost it was fucking the the light from my toothbrush but <laughs> i i thought like i swore i double checked it and everything this there was this blue light and then i started looking into something called archangel miguel or archangel michael wow. all this stuff wow. and um my girl's family is very into that a little bit so they were kind of like trying to say it is a ghost maybe you did see something people go their whole lives looking for this blue light and when I told my dad about it, my dad was like, no, you got a peeping Tom. Yeah. There's somebody putting <laughs> right. cameras in your house. You gotta, you gotta go check this out. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I, I just know that's exactly that. my point, right? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And I mean, listen, there's other cultures around the world where they believe in elves or, or, mm -hmm. or at least that's what they say. They, they, they walk around. I, I think there's a, uh, uh, I, 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 not an expert on Iceland, but I've seen uh, different uh, things and, and read different things where they said, uh, yeah, they literally will set up the houses in the hills, a little like gnome houses. And they said, no, those are for the elves. Oh, like, my God. Come on. Are you, are you Dude, shitting me in, here? In today's like, no, real estate climate, sell yeah, right. that shit. <laughs> yes, <it> is, right? <laughs> you know? These are for the elves. So, so it really is fascinating to me, just that extra spiritual sort of uh, perspective that um, – yeah, isn't necessarily uh, expressed as frequently here. Or if it is expressed in America, it's it's with a very Christian sort of perspective, um, at least in my experience, in my experience in America, uh, that it's only these certain Christian uh, experiences that really speak to things like that. Whereas, yeah, all over the world, there are these very uh, magic, magic. And are we missing something if we don't believe in magic now, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, no, I, I, I think I, it was look, a toothbrush. I, got, I, I, <laughs> I bet it was a toothbrush. It, I, man, it was just this long. I thought my life was going to change. I thought I was going to be religious and all of this stuff. <laughs> and then I saw the light again, like a couple nights later, and I just was relentless. I was like, I am going to find the source of this because the first time I thought it was a toothbrush, you know, but for some reason, my toothbrush just wasn't cooperating. And with the light and I, I don't know, it was just a weird story, but Hey, I got a bunch of questions. So question <laughs> number it, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause I want to know if you've ever thought of this or if anyone has ever came with you at this question because of um, what you were saying earlier about, you know, we all get high and have these ideas. And I, I do that. I have these questions. And one thing that stops me from furthering my thoughts and theories or philosophies is that I always just feel like unqualified to ask these questions or either, even uh, further indulge. Like, I think it was just yesterday, I was pondering about something and I just stopped. And I always, I always find comfort in the fact that there are smarter people than me. And I always just kind of think like, oh, I, I think it was just yesterday, I had this thought, like I was just wondering about, I don't know what it was, but I basically concluded with, you just got to be okay knowing that there are people who are smarter than you and dedicate their whole lives to whatever problem I was thinking about at that moment. <laughs> and my ideas and stuff has probably already been recycled or been thought through. But here's one of the thoughts that I wanted to share with someone of your, um, yeah, yeah. your, your knowledge. So 
do you think like okay i just have this idea i don't know if you think of it as a philosophy or a theory but i feel like christmas and the idea of santa claus and stuff like that is almost like the training wheels of religion you show it to your children and it's like behave follow the rules and you'll be rewarded at the end and sometimes i i, I feel like christmas was just created by the government to keep people in line because it's like okay eventually in life at a certain age you're going to stop believing in santa claus but there's not really at least how i've grown up and the people that i met no there's a lot of people that don't really grow out of religion you know and but for me sometimes in my head it's a little bit of i still feel like i don't know maybe i got betrayed by finding out santa claus wasn't real or something i still remember being little and really believing that something was fucking putting shit under my my uh <laughs> chimney and christmas tree and it's just it feels like god and and religion and all that is like the same thing there isn't really the cold hard facts like you were talking about it's just about the magic of believing and things like that so i always think about christmas as just like the first level of religion and hopefully you stay on track and religion in general was created by the government not to sound all conspiracy theory mm -hmm. but i always feel like the higher ups or whoever that may be are making this up to keep people in line because if there was no magic or if there was nothing to believe in there would be chaos people would be running red lights all fucking day not caring about getting a ticket because you know <laughs> um Got you, you see what I'm saying. And uh, and then I, I started saying, I think I said this a couple of episodes ago about like, dude, just look at the dollar bill, you know, behind it. You've got fucking pyramid with an eye on it that says in God we trust. I don't think there's any other currency that has anything like that. I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But um, sure. yeah. it just I spent my whole life with this dollar bill and stuff like that. And and in God we trust in the Pledge of Allegiance, we say, uh individual under god or something like that i don't know and i always one nation under god right yeah and right. i always just found it a little weird that we we kind of combine religion and government and in a way and the government wants us to act right too right they want us to um might be going off trail a little bit here but basically what i think of i think of like the system or whatever um if everybody acts accordingly and does what they want let's say nobody goes to jail i don't know um and everybody has a job everybody pays their taxes nobody's doing anything illegal at the end of it we are giving more than we are getting from the government in a sense <laughs> yeah. which is why some people just go on unemployment or they um not unemployment i don't know disability or whatever they game the system some people get financial aid when they really can't. Well, I just learned the other day that financial aid is actually a fucking loan. You got to pay it back. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. And, you know, they got interest rates in that, you know, I don't know. You look into everything. They always want they they, they kind of like target the people who might be a little naive and not look too much into it. And at the end of the day, they're paying more money, giving more energy than they are getting out of it, which is also something that has stopped me from pursuing things that I'm actually really interested in. Like I would if I had the money, I would love to go to a university and take philosophy classes. Now I can't believe I'm saying this. Like <laughs> yeah, ask me this 10 years later. I'd be like, no, nah, man, I just want to suck and fucking get money. But now I'm asking, you know, I wouldn't say they're like the more important questions, but that's just the, the route my brain is taken. 
And that's why, you know, I wanted to talk to somebody like you because shit, it's free. And so I appreciate <laughs> there it. You go. Yeah, um, why not? But again, that's something that always just kind of like stops me from thinking. But it's just it's just a degree. It's just a system. It just shows that, oh, you did the credentials that this. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'd have a better time finding the words I want to look for if I went to college. But <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I um I, I'm you interested. Know, I, in listen, this I think you've said a ton right there, man. You, you said like so many things right there. I yeah, mean, I went I, off I on fucking Santa Claus. Of it too. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you could start with Santa Claus, but you, yeah, it, and that's what I like about uh, philosophy. Actually, is that so many of these things are intertwined, and so many of these ideas are intertwined. Uh, you're talking about student loans. You're talking about. You started talking about Santa Claus, <laughs> and then you started talking. You ended up talking about student loans. But there is actually that train of thought. And I think that, uh, but well, at least that's what I love about philosophy is that it helps me at least um, really start clarifying my thoughts. And yeah, you, you say yeah, you've. Uh, I I think you're you're now uh, uh, get, being a little bit too hard on yourself. You said I was a little bit too hard on myself earlier. I'm going to uh, pay you the same compliment because my hunch is that you can clarify your thoughts. You said, oh no, I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying. My words aren't all there, but I think your words are all there. It's just that for whatever reason, um, um, yeah, it takes time to to really think about these things. It yeah. really takes time to think about these things. Level two and adult, wait till I'm level Exactly, three. there you go, exactly. Be, and when you do uh, actually take the time to really consider all of these different ideas that you're thinking and really lay them out in a very, um, in a let, let's say a better organized way, you will find the thoughts and you will find the words. It's just, Hey, yeah, let's slow down. Now it is unfortunate. I think, um, yeah, because you, you said so much right there, man. I, we, we could talk, uh, we, we could talk for hours and hours. I could oh, I teach bet. a whole, uh, yeah, you're talking about a whole, uh, degree, a whole bachelor's degree in philosophy, at least with everything that you've brought up right there. Um, but one hunch is, or one thing that you kind of, uh, uh alluded to, uh, one among many, by the way, yeah, because there's so, like I said, so much, um, is how the system that we live in doesn't really reward you or and does train you to think a certain way and to ignore certain questions, right? And to think, well, wait a second, um, should I take these student loans? And shouldn't I take these student loans? And then going, wait a second, I didn't even understand what these student loans are. Now, do you, <laughs> yeah, wait a second, I'm going to be paying these things off for the rest of my life. Yeah, And that's a really fascinating phenomenon. I, I believe uh, that, yeah, because I, I got sucked into that sort of um, uh, uh, whirlwind as well, you know, that I took out a lot of student loans, man. And uh, yeah, up until very, very recently, I was... Um, paying them off, you know? So yeah, for, for a ton of time. You beat the that, system. You beat the system. Exactly, right? So so that's one uh, idea in mind. That said, there is this other uh, uh, tinge in a lot of your questions there that, or, yeah, I'm, you'll forgive me, I hope, that, that I'm not putting words in your mouth, but there mm. is, you know, and, and it happens to all of us, like you said, the, the adultiness of, uh, of our new experiences. Um, that we do become a whole lot more cynical about so many things. And there's a good reason to become cynical and so pessimistic about things. Like, yeah, basically, or a lot of what you were saying is how much they're screwing us over, basically. How much the man is controlling us and, and doing these things to control us. Um, and, and I think there's 
with, without question, I think when you look at the history of philosophy, and not even just the history of philosophy, just the history of human thought, um, somebody has already has always been there to to take this little bit and exploit it for their own personal gain, and uh, 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 exploit others by saying, "Hey, don't you believe in this little thing? Isn't this little thing nice?" You said Santa Claus might be there to uh, get us into religion. Some people have said Santa Claus is there to get us uh, addicted to the religion of capitalism and mm. consumerism and just mm. buy, buy, buy. That's um, a good one. By, yeah, exactly, right? Um, and there is that, there, there are those people that exploit and, and do see, wait, there are these little nuggets that you and I believe. Let's try to control everybody with that little piece, right? However- However, and this is why, I, or how I'm going to back off of my cynicism. I, I used to be uh, uh, far more cynical than you are even, right? <laughs> I, I used to almost want to uh, uh, commit revolution. Maybe I shouldn't say mm. this out loud, but oh, uh, no, you're that, good. Th- that's as much as I'll say. You'd only get in that, trouble if you actually did it. it right, right. It, there you go then. So, so Pull up yeah, this podcast. I, I, I was certainly uh, considering um, these sorts of things a lot more uh, uh, drastically uh, in my when I was younger, but- now that I am a little bit older and I've talked to a few more people and read a few more books, you can see that, wait a second, isn't there something nice about religion? I'm not going to deny you for any minute um, that people have used religions uh, and religious belief for uh, towards nefarious goals. Um, yeah, human history is right. You, you can just, yeah, it, it throw a, a dart at a history book and you'll land on a page where somebody used religion to kill uh, so many other people, let's say, or enslave a whole group of people. But, and, and that, to me, that's a shame. Without question, that there are terrible people in human history. There's terrible people around us today. Um, that doesn't, to me, to me, that doesn't necessarily devalue the original belief though, right? Um, I, I think there is a, a lot of good in religious belief, I think it's unfortunate that uh, most religious, uh, many religious people that I've encountered have been very, um, let's say bad. <laughs> I'll just say right. that, right? Hypocrites. Um, exactly, among other things, right? And I think it's terrible that, like you said, that, by the way, I think that giving people student loans, th- that comes from a good place, right? That That does come from a good place, but might that, uh, unfortunately, was that maybe misplanned um, or mm. misadministered uh, such that you're actually enslaving people now with these student loans? Because, uh, of course, the problem with student loans or, or the reason that people wanted to, uh, the, the government, at least the, if you look at it uh, charitably, uh, people wanted to implement student loans so that they could uh, 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 help people go to college. And isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? But, you know, it's been, yeah, I, I think all since those uh, student loans have been guaranteed by the government, um, terrible, terrible things have happened. And we've learned that um, these student loans have led to, much, to, to quite a bit of suffering. Now, is it more suffering or less suffering um, than it would have been otherwise? Listen, I don't know. Um, I haven't studied it that much. But there are always going to be these um, unintended, unintended consequences that, yeah, for so many people, so many people are just screwed right now and looking at their student loans going, oh my God, what have I done? I wish I didn't 
go to college. College was not worth this. And a lot of people, a lot of people went to college to avoid the situation they're in right now. And sometimes it just seems like college was a big cause of that issue. And Um, uh, I think that colleges, by the way, are a big part of that problem. I think the way they sell college and they, they present themselves are a big part of that problem, especially now you, you'll forgive me. I hope my bosses aren't listening again, but I'm not sure that everybody needs to take philosophy classes. You know, I, 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 I luck out, by the way, I, I recognize the good benefit that I, George, receive because people are forced to take philosophy classes. I get a job because people are forced to take philosophy classes, but if you, you know, if you ask me, uh, oh, I, I totally after a couple of drinks. Yeah. I'm not sure that people should be forced to take philosophy classes. Yeah, I, I, I get hasn't what you're that put helped people go into debt when all they wanted was a job or exactly. How did you say it? You said it perfectly, which was they wanted to not be in the situation that they're in right now. Right. Um, they wanted right. to avoid that where they sold. Um, not, yeah, not yeah. W- w- was there a bait and switch, so to speak? And, n- not to yeah. insult your profession, but it's right. like, no, go we, ahead. I do it plenty know, myself. It's it's <laughs> not. I wouldn't say, especially in times like now, when twenty twenty happened and everything. It's not. I wouldn't consider it an essential. You know, you can no, probably, no. I, I certainly don't think it is. Right. And um, you know, right now everybody's just focusing on getting what we need. Um. One thing about me, I guess, and which is probably the why I think the way I think growing up, my parents would never let me um, take philosophy or major in <laughs> philosophy, um, especially if they were going to be the ones paying for it. And I went my whole life thinking my parents are going to pay for college. Um, I, for some reason, you know, as a kid, I just didn't do the math. I thought they'd be able to do it. But I got surprised the moment I turned 18. Uh, I was having a conversation with my mom and she said something about like, well, how are you going to pay for college? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, aren't there (laughs) student loans and shit like that? Um, And so my parents wanted me to only go to college if if it was like the highest percent of me making money, um, you know, nursing, a typical Filipino um, stereotype. They wanted me to get into something that was essential. You're always going to need people in the medical field because everybody wants to live, you know, and then... um, just, just, uh, I don't have to explain it that much more. But so, like with, with philosophy, if I were to get into that, uh, I w- first of all, I feel like I would get no support from my family, which is very discouraging. And at that time of, of my age, I just wasn't into it. Like I said, I was just into getting money and surviving. And now that I've, I've done what I had to do in my life, I, I own a home. I, you know, I don't really have much money problems and things like that. And I don't have that bachelor's degree in, in something that may sound sophisticated as philosophy or anything, but true. And, and getting older and really finding myself and having time alone, I've realized I'm really into those things. Like, it's not about money. Um, I, I want to actively search and just do better for myself. But at the same time, I do want to help other people. It's just, um, I guess I just need to find myself. And so I always kind of wonder how my life would have been if at 18, 19, I just said, fuck it. I love philosophy. I love um, psychology so much. I don't care if I go into debt. I'm going into that. I don't think personally I'd be able to handle the stresses of uh, <laughs> what that would have had brought. So a part of me is glad that I didn't get into it. But then another part of me, I don't know, like if I were to go to college, if I were to take your classes and actually um, 
get that degree, I wonder if my mind would be different. Like, I wish I could go in an alternate universe and talk to myself that has really spent more time of their life uh, reading the books and and taking the test. Like, oh, that's what I want to ask you. Like to pass your class or anything, are you, are you more, do you grade on tests? Are you like all about tests or are you kind of an attendancy that this person is active <laughs> in the class? Because I failed all the classes that needed. Oh my God. I took a fucking sociology class. I showed up every <laughs> fucking day, but I failed every class. But I took some things out of the class. I don't know. It's just a horrible test taker, but really, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that again, yeah, you're brilliant because you've just said so much and there's so much to talk about about what you've said. And I'm so happy um, because I didn't say it the first time, but you've repeated yourself now and you said, yeah, it's so fascinating to me that people are interested in these questions. Like you said, you, you didn't want, and, and, and I think that there's a lot of people who, who don't even want to engage with these problems or these kinds of questions right now. They, you know, I'll ask a question in class. Well, how do you know that this table is real? Right. Mm. And then they'll say, oh my God, this is stupid. What a stupid class I signed up for. It's like, well, okay, fair enough, but give me a chance, please. And let's keep going about the, the reality of the table. How do we know about the reality of the table or something like that? Because exactly what you said, these are the questions for better or for worse, at least in my experience. Now, of course, I've got a biased experience because I am a philosopher. Um, but I've got the experience with all the other, uh, my friends and stuff who are not philosophers, who are very, very, very interested in these questions. When you watch the news, when you watch politics, that's all they talk about is things like justice, which is you know what, what a lot of philosophers talk about. What is justice? What the nature of reality, um, and what we should do or not do. What is a person? I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too political right now, but now uh, this week in the news, that's what uh, is in the news a lot. Is is this thing growing inside a woman's belly? Does that thing deserve rights? Mm. Why or why not? I don't want to get into that question right now, <laughs> right? That's going to require a whole lot of other stuff. But that is a philosophical question. That is a philosophical question. And, and it, it's, it fascinates me that when we get on later in life, those are the questions that really occupy us because exactly like you said, wait, I've got a house. I, I'm okay now, but now what? Now that all of the I, distractions of survival are right. out. Uh, out exactly. the window and I'm stuck with myself. It just, and by the way, maybe it. these questions do help with, with the basic survival questions too, because some I, people I who do. do go get their jobs and they're, and they're sitting there and they did that, that, uh, that job that their parents might've forced them into and said, wow, I'm doing this job. I, I am surviving, but is this kind of survival really worth it? Because I hate life right now. Right. And right. I'll bring it back to your, uh, uh, the question that you, you did leave uh, with, which was, wait, so how do I grade? And that is a long-winded answer. <laughs> there is a long-winded answer to this question, which is um, I started my career uh, teaching little children um, in elementary school, elementary school teacher, because uh, my philosophy trajectory is quite windy and, um, uh, quite disjointed. I didn't go, it, it wasn't very strict. It certainly wasn't very straight, despite the fact that I uh, got my uh, undergraduate degree and my graduate degree in philosophy, even before uh, becoming a, a elementary school teacher. But uh, through a confluence of events, I ended up as, as an elementary school teacher, which I loved. And, or, excuse me, excuse me. I love the idea of teaching little children, 
But there were so many other things that unfortunately, for better or for worse, um, worked against me and my personality, what this thing called George is. You weren't a pedophile or anything, quite right? quite do it. No, no, no. I, I wasn't that. I wasn't that. Okay. Right. Uh, no. But uh, the, the, the job just didn't fit with me uh, as well as I wish it could have. And I, I didn't. And the job, of course, suffered. Um, and, but yeah. worse for me, because they found another teacher after I left. Um, I stayed in that job for a long time. Number one, that job paid me very well. Being in elementary school, and now I know that there's other parts of the country where elementary school teachers are not paid well, but in New York City, elementary school teachers are paid very well, well enough, well enough, I believe. And I, I look back, you were talking about looking back, what if I had done this? If I would have stayed as an elementary school teacher, just push through it, yeah. push through the, the stress of work, man, I, I'd be a millionaire today. I, I'd be oh. very, very well off. Maybe not a millionaire exactly, but I'd be so much better off. You, you said uh, you're a homeowner. I'm jealous of you, man, because I'm not a homeowner. And I do think about that a lot. Um, and today as a college professor, I make far, far less money than I did um, as an elementary school teacher. That's interesting. I, I, well, from, it, it, from where I'm from, I, I hear elementary school. I know some elementary school teachers and they seem to make not much, but where, I don't know where are different. you in California? Though I, you, um, I'm in Northern California. You're far northern, like Bay Area. Oh, you are Bay Area. I would have yeah. thought that in the Bay Area that school teachers get a decent amount, and that California. How much? Is how much is gas out there for a gallon? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't drive. <laughs> so oh, New okay. York does. New York does me very well because I'll, I'll. I actually grew up in Los Angeles, and I only came out here for graduate school. Um, I and went to school in uh, Southern California, uh, uh, undergraduate school in Southern California. So yeah, I remember driving, and I had an old beat-up Volkswagen uh, Beetle from one of the old ones because that's all I could afford. And man, oh man, oh man, um, moving to New York, everybody told me, oh, New York's so much more expensive. I'm like, do you know how expensive a car is? I don't have a car now. I take a subway <laughs> everywhere. Now oh. there are limitations. Of course, I don't have the freedom because I don't have a car, but, um, yeah, things are very, how, very, how long uh, I save been a in lot New of money not having a car. So I, I, I don't know how much a, a gas is, but what is it in, in California? It's what $5 a gallon right now or yeah, something like man, that? It's up there. And I had that this is, joke. Everybody's complaining ugh. about how expensive it was. I was like, if gas is so expensive, stop buying it. Broke ass motherfuckers. Right. But I remember when I was a kid, I didn't have the option to not buy gas. Uh, you had to, Right. If we um, keep buying it, they're just going to keep raising the prices. Right. You know, like there's a reason it's still expensive. I think it's you don't live that far north. Uh, yeah, you start start riding your bicycle everywhere. I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what they do up in Davis, right? Um, Davis is up there. Uh, in yeah, Northern yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody in Davis rides their bicycles, right? So <laughs> skateboard. Yeah it's, yeah, it's something like that. Um, how yeah, how long have, that way? How long have you been in New York? Um, twenty years. I moved here in twenty. Oh wow! So it must. Be, it's different. Are there still taxis yes. everywhere? Or has Uber oh, yes. completely yes. killed them? Oh, okay. uh, no, no, there's still a lot of taxis. And it, I mean, yeah, just because of uh, the political system here in New York, they mm. um, changed the laws so that Uber's kind of integrated into the taxi environment that we had. Um, because there was always the, the yellow cabs, which were very highly regulated and things right. like that. But there were also the um, private cab companies, which were very popular, especially outside of Manhattan. And now all of those people who are Uber drivers are basically still licensed just as taxi drivers hmm. were many years ago. The only difference is that um, 
now they get their calls a little bit yeah. easier on the uh, with, with through Uber or Lyft or yeah. whatever like that. Yeah. I, I wonder how it's like in California, like the laws, because uh, I know a taxi driver and uh, he had something called a medallion, which is like right. um, it's like the 401k of fucking taxi drivers. And ever since Uber came out, um, could be he, driver, he right? lost. Yeah, he lost all of um, the value in that medallion. Right. So now he can't retire. Now he's just driving Uber. It's just right. um, it's like the equivalent of, you know, <laughs> student loans. <laughs> yeah, I, it, that's a shame. That, that's a shame that uh, people do lose like that. But it, it, there is there are different things here in New York. I think it's quite similar that you do need to be a light. You, you have to get something probably similar to that medallion um, to be an Uber driver, at least in New York City. Don't quote me on this. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the laws exactly. But every time I call up a, an Uber, it's always with the uh, licensed plates. The, the taxi drivers in New York have special license plates that say uh, T at the beginning and C at the end for taxi commission or something like that. No, nah, it's not so, like um, here in California. Yeah, right, people just, people just have Uber, a sticker. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, like that. But yeah, back, back to the question though about uh, uh, well, both questions. Number one, how do I grade? Um, but oh, also yeah. number two, how is this related to just getting older and thinking about philosophical questions is, yeah, I couldn't manage that. Jo that job caused me too much, much, too much stress. And the question, I don't think this is unique, by the way, to me. I think a lot of people ask this question, wait, is this worth it? Right. And what's a more philosophical question than that? Is this worth it? And is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And am I living a good life this way. And uh, listen, I, I don't know the answer to all those questions, but aren't those questions essential? And those are, for me at least, the core questions of philosophy, which is how do you live a good life? How do you live a fulfilling life? How do you live a flourishing life? And that is why I got out of early childhood education and said, yeah, I mean, listen, from the beginning, I wanted to teach at the college level. So, uh, yeah, working with children, at least in school settings, was not well suited for me, um, the way things work and the way that the industry is. Now, that said, though, however, a lot of the, that philosophy of education has come that I learned through uh, teaching early childhood education carried on with me. Namely, number one, and this is where I'm going to uh, refer to your sociology class, um, Number one, when, when I taught early childhood education, if a child didn't learn, it was our fault, mm. the teacher's fault. Now, that caused me, of course, a lot of stress, and that did make me quit the job because they put, I think, an uh, unfair amount of pressure on us to say, wait a second, this is uh, uh, your fault if the child isn't learning how to read. Well, no, it's not exactly my fault. I mean, what about the parents? What about this? What about the what are they? Society? What are they feeding this kid? Exactly, you know? and, and things like that. Um, what's the nutrition, and what's the home life like? However, there is still that inkling with me as a college professor that says, wait, if somebody's failing my class and is attending every single class and doing all the work and still failing, that might be my fault. And that's, that is an attitude that, that carried with me from early, uh, early childhood education. And I talked to a lot of my colleagues um, at the university and I, without even flinching, they'll say, oh yeah, uh, all my students failed the test. I said, uh, you know, okay, listen, if one student fails a test, that's probably the student's fault. If two students, three students, if all the students fail, that's probably your fault, man. How is it that everybody failed the test? Right. Uh, I'd if always one use or two that students fail, 
if I failed to test uh, uh, to make to 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 soften the blow from my mom, I'd be like, everyone failed it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right, like it right. seemed like it wasn't my fault. Right, exactly. So, so I do take a lot of pride in um, teaching students in my class. So you say, oh, well, how do you get the grade and stuff? For me, it's hard if you're alive and you're attending the classes and you're doing the work. It's I've designed my classes in such a way that you can't fail the class if you do all the work. Um, and if you do all the work and you still fail, then there's, I, I, I feel like there's something wrong with me, mm. right? Um, now, there are certain classes, uh, by the way, I, I don't want a doctor who had a teacher like me, right? So, mm -hmm. so they say, oh, you, you're going to be a heart surgeon. Now, you've done all the work, but you still don't know how to be a heart surgeon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I'll pass you. You could go ahead and be a heart surgeon. I don't mean it like that, right? Because this is philosophy. This isn't heart surgery. Thank God, <laughs> right? Um, but there is that kind of thing that, wait a second, I should figure out how to design a class so that if a student does do this work, they are learning the philosophy. And it's that's my job. And that's a part of my job that I take a lot of pride in um, that I regret uh, a lot of other people, um, a lot of my other colleagues, let's say, might not necessarily uh, uh, take always. Now, I don't want to speak against all my colleagues. There are a lot of my uh, colleagues who love teaching and who love uh, uh, being good teachers and being better teachers. But I've also got a lot of colleagues who hate teaching. And that's just a bothers job me. for them. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they, they got into university uh, education for other reasons, like research. They would prefer to do research and uh, that kind of stuff, which God bless them. If they want to do research, do that. But then we should take these people out of the classroom <laughs> because, uh, it, but it is a weird trade off. Uh, the whole university system, uh, the whole college system is this very odd place where teaching for better or for worse. And uh, yeah, is just not highly rewarded. Uh, being a good teacher is not what is highly rewarded at uh, my job, for example. And that, that's fine with me. I, I don't mind uh, because that gives me uh, time to uh, do my other stuff. I, I, I do love teaching and I've structured my courses in such a way that I can be a good teacher. And they recognize that I'm not um, going to be that fabulous researcher, by the way. I'm just not, because that's not what I'm interested in. I, I'm much more interested in researching other things like filmmaking, like music making, like like this sort of stuff. Well, let me let me ask you a question though. Let, let me turn yeah. the tables on you a yeah. little bit because I, I see that electric guitar in the back. I see that oh, axe yes, back oh, there. Oh, you see that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I would imagine now. I don't know your parents. I don't hey, know you, but hey, the way hi. you talked, you were like, oh yeah. Um, my parents would not support that kind of thing. But isn't that? a sort of value that you did pick up probably later in life. I, I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, right? I've been that... playing the guitar for over a year now. And oh, wow. Um, wow. I've always been interested in playing the guitar. I remember I wanted to play when I was in middle school, but uh, my reading level was so low. I wasn't allowed to take electives. Um, I had to take two English classes, so I couldn't have band or any of that stuff. Wow. Um, always was been into like the rock and heavy metal stuff. And uh, now that I'm an adult with my own house, I finally <laughs> have found the time to. My parents never believed in me, man. Uh, I remember wow. when I first told my mom I was going to play the guitar, like when I get the house, she just kind of like laughed. 
and was like, yeah, we'll see about that. And we'll kind of like, she, she would just ask the more important questions about, you know, whatever's going on with my money and things like that. And so, but you know what, I try not to look at it in a negative way. I know it comes out very negative, but I use it almost as my parents not believing in me as like a motivation to do what I want. Like, I don't know. It's like my, I, I, I talked about it with my mom or not my mom, but with like certain close friends, my mom has never been proud of me for things that I want to do. My mom was only proud of me for what seems like uh, doing what society, like, like what looks successful in society uh, as you may. Um, but yeah, other things I've been interested in, like skateboarding and fighting and things like that. I could understand why a mother wouldn't like me fighting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just like I, I just remember like watching skateboard videos and stuff. And, you know, I was into it. And my dad, everybody would just kind of laugh and be like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, that, what, what was it. your now, question? I'm sorry. You no, had no, a question uh, about but, but are your parents from the old country then? Yeah, my parents are from the Philippines. Uh, they grew up, um, they took like Catholic school and things like that. So right. that's another thing with religion that you were talking about earlier. They didn't really have the answers. They just kind of said, just believe in it. Uh, right. I was forced to go to church so many times, didn't like, and it's just kind of ironic how when I finally think I see a ghost and I tell my dad, my parents know how unreligious I am. I'm repeating, like, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, you know, but I think I saw a ghost. One of the first questions my mom's asked is like, are you on drugs? I was like, no, completely sober that <laughs> night, this and that. And my dad is just like, you got a peeping Tom. But it's just a couple of months ago, you know, I don't live with my parents anymore, but I still visit them and stuff. And we had a conversation about them praying. And um, I guess my my parents pray sometimes like every night or something like that. Um, and where am I going with this? So basically... I don't know, maybe I scoffed at it or something, or I gave my dad a funny look and my dad just kind of, my dad's in his sixties, mid sixties. I think he's 66. He was just like, son, you just, you have to believe me. You just, you just got to give it a try, you know? And I just kind of like started thinking like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's just like my dad's getting older. So the closer to death he gets, the more at peace he wants to get with, um, you know, his religious side. Right. No, I think I, I asked that question, though, because I, my uh, I, my parents are also from the old country, Greece. Um, and there is that sort of a different perspective. Let's say that a different perspective that um, um, is. Yeah, that that's a little bit more concerned with the um, with the uh, uh, more practical issues yep. at hand yep. um, and not really. And unfortunately, Again, I don't want to speak for your parents, but for my own uh, father, who's an immigrant from the old country, uh, th there isn't as much imagination about how to make it in these odd ways that they can't envision, right? Yeah. Like you said, oh, it's, it's got to be nursing or it's got to be this, it's got to be that. And my dad still to this day doesn't understand how I make a living. Right. Mm. He's like, what, what exactly did your dad do, do for a living? Do I no? he, he, uh, he worked in the diners all his life. Uh, he uh. flipped burgers all his life. And he just said, Hey, listen, you got to go do something, you know, that makes money and stuff like that. Now, you know, my, my dad's got a weird uh, relationship with money anyways, but for whatever reason, and, and I think there is that aspect that, um, and maybe I'm a little bit more rebellious, but perhaps I'm too American. I don't know. 
Um, oh, yeah. my, my parents have never uh, said that necessarily about me, but yeah, th there's that aspect, especially since I teach Japanese, I say that a lot, <laughs> Japanese culture. Um, there is that aspect that I'm just a bit more rebellious. And so I remember uh, when I started college, I wanted to major in something very practical, computer engineering or uh, computer science, even to be a computer programmer. Oh, I got and, a funny story. Um, yeah, yeah, for real whatever quick, reason. I, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I just want to cut you off real quick because you said computer science. And so like when I started going to college, like my first <laughs> semester, uh, I was really into mass communication. Um, as you can tell, I'm doing this fucking podcast, but I really like one of my dreams was when the radio was cool. I wanted to have like a radio show or do essentially what I'm doing. I wanted to go to yeah. college to get the skills I needed to do this. Dude, my mom went on the computer and changed my schedule. She unenrolled me in mass communications and enrolled me in computer science. And so I show up to school 17. I went to, I started going to college when I was 17 and I'm just like, what the hell mom? And she was like, I just, you know, mass communication doesn't seem practical. I thought, you know, if you learn how to use computers, uh, you'd get a better job that way. It seems more in demand. And I'm like, and by the way, computer science was the hardest fucking class I ever yeah. took. <laughs> Jeez. I learned something though. I did learn something, but coding and all that. No, thank you, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So you're no, talking yeah, about, <laughs> I think that's a brilliant story. I mean, that, that's so funny though, because yeah, like I said, it, it's just the, my whole point is just that at some point, I, I learned to say screw off to everybody and I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, and I majored in philosophy, not even really knowing what philosophy was, but uh, to say screw off to everybody because it seemed like that kind of thing. And of course, when I studied it more, I was like, no, this is perfect for me. Right. Um, and, and, and I, I've stayed with it and I've loved it. And I, I, well, I've had a weird relationship where, like I said, I had that winding road um, for the next podcast. We could talk about that weird stuff, sure, but sure. I, I, I really like that that notion though, uh, or I, I, I want to be a little bit more charitable to our parents because yeah, I mean, listen, they I have don't want to talk bad on my parents. Yeah, like exactly, they they exactly. did a lot for me. I'm just, I, 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 I can talk a lot. A I can talk very bad about my parents by the way yeah. too, but it's just like this, this idea that, wait a second, they've got this different perspective. And for whatever odd reason, I just saw the world slightly differently. And here's what I love about your story though. Right. Is that because it's very similar to my story, which is it was a long winding road, but now I'm doing whatever I wanted to do. It's like I liked what I liked yeah. so much. Nothing was going to stop me from right. no matter what it was. Right. And, and that is one thing that I, I love. I, I, forgive me for sounding a little bit jingoistic for a second, but isn't that kind of why our parents came to America? Because yeah. they wanted this yeah. sort of freedom for our for their children to get the big life. And now they had a very narrow no notion of what that great life was. Um, and my dad had that narrow notion for me and my brother too. However, here I am and going, wait a second, dad, you, you did right by coming here. Now you didn't think this was the great life, but man, I play, I, I play guitar too. That's why I'm attracted to the guitar. I saw the guitar oh. in the back. I was like, Hey man, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I got the guitar because my parents were against me learning guitar too, by the mm. way, um, but it's slightly different story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just that, wait a second, look where we are now. And isn't that the philosophical sort of insight to say, wait a second, there is that bigger picture that says, uh, now you'll forgive me for sounding a, a tad religious. And, and I don't mean to sound. Oh, religious, no, no, you're not going to. Sometimes some people religion. do say, wait, wasn't it meant to be that way? I, I don't know that that's necessarily true or not. Um, but Working I out. might say things work out. It, it's, 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 
like you said, that level two adult. Um, there's that level one adult where things seem very, uh, 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 there's good reason to be cynical. Like going, God, this is what being an adult is like. Screw this. I hate being an adult, right? Sometimes it could just I, be I, shock. Right. Be there, shock. There's the shock. But then we learn to play the game a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating oh. that we can still pursue our goals. And so you, when you say, oh, listen, I, I'm very curious about these philosophy things. Man, yeah, go do it, man. In the same, but by the way, you don't have to go to college. In the same way, you're not going to conservatory to learn about guitar. Just yeah. go to the library, pick up the, pick up the And that's the thing. Book. I, I love right. the time we live in now because everything's yeah, so accessible. Right. I can't see myself doing this. Even if I were to be the age I am right now in maybe like 2005 or six, I just feel like it, I wouldn't be able to talk to you. I, um, right. The tabs right. to look up tabs on the guitar <laughs> would not be as available. I'd have to play by ear and I'm just barely getting to that level. So, well, they to, they, they, and they still do. They sell the tab books at Guitar Center. I I, I spent I heard they're so horrible, much though. money on those, man. And I heard they, they're horrible. And, yeah, mm -hmm. well, they're not as horrible as some of those, but yeah, they are bad okay. um, if you really want to get good. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of those because yeah, those were expensive, man. YouTube videos, really man. Expensive. Yeah. YouTube, there's brilliant tutorials online. You just, yep. whatever song you want to look up, maybe someone will have it. If they don't, shit, right. it'll be up right. in the next couple of months. Somebody <laughs> else will. Find a new song. It's just always something to work on. Okay, so uh, I, how long have we been talking? About an hour and a half? I hate exactly. to kill sure. up too much of your... I don't know how much time you had available, but sure. if we do end this soon, I just kind of want to ask you, sure. how the hell do I know you? Like, uh, our mutuals are Wigwolf. Do you work with Mr. Wigwolf? No, no, no. Or, do you know who that is? I don't even know who that is. Oh, I was in... He made a movie, and I was Yeah, yeah. His, I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot one. of these people uh, personally, on a social media, but I know yeah. that, um, I, I, I'm in as I'm in How'd a lot of circles me? of filmmakers. Did you find me or did I find you? I don't know. Uh, I I'm not sure exactly the direction. <laughs> I, I suspect that, uh, yeah, oh, one way okay. or the other, but I mean, that, like you said about, um, the days we live in, right. Yeah. How, how do we find each other? And right. this is what I love is that, you know, through social media, listen, I'm not saying that social media is, uh, filled with angels, but I know that I've benefited a great deal from social media just because, um, yeah, the last movies I've made, uh, my yeah. whole filmmaking uh, trajectory so far has been because of social media. Um, and I could draw that up and draw that map where, um, yeah, I just uh, finished producing uh, during the production, filming uh, a feature film. And now I'm hoping that uh, over the next year or so, I'll, I'll finally uh, edit it. I hope that to be done with the editing maybe next mm -hmm. month. Can you so, talk about the movie, like what it's about? I, I could talk about it. Yeah, sure. I don't mind what, talking. What about kind it, of um, movies do you make? Um, right, this particular movie's a more uh, campy kind of horror movie, just oh, because cool. uh, you, you know, like you said, you like heavy metal. Well, yeah, I like heavy metal too, and I want to get kind of like that heavy metal sort of um, '80s horror movie that um, oh, nice, kind of silly, lots of uh, vulgarity and um, gross stuff. That, like a yeah, slasher film kind of thing it's maybe it's something along those lines Some not kind, exactly a slasher film, but vibes. yeah something like yeah. that and um we'll see how it how it ends up and uh, but by the way like you said um a lot of that came because of social media it mm. came because of social media and um things and people meet a, a lot almost all of my actors i think almost all of my actors are the result of social media connections wow. Um, one you, of them I knew. Do you before. act your, do you act yourself or do you just produce? I, I, I tried to act and I did play a small role in this particular movie. Uh, I wish I didn't. 
I'd like <laughs> to, uh, uh, I'd like to kind of demarcate. Listen, uh, filmmaking is hard enough. Mm. Filmmaking and acting, oh, that's piling. That's piling it on. You know. Yeah. So, I oh, I totally understand. Yeah. Like I, I do. I've I've been dangled in a bunch of things. I've edited. I've made music videos. I've made music. I've been in the videos, and it's just like the thing that seems to be stopping me is um. I hate editing. That's I, it's work <laughs> to me. It's just right, so right. monotonous. There's not much creativity in it. And if there is, there's a lot of, uh, have you, have you heard of the show on Hulu called Dave with little Dickie? I, I think it's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 A, I, I haven't a, seen it. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's a he's great a, he's show. He's like a white rapper, right? Yeah. If you have yeah. Hulu, I recommend it. Cause it okay. really shows you that being like a rapper in the art world, being Hollywood in general is not what it seems. It is right. like, there's a lot that goes into it. And um, kind of like to talk about my mom real quick. Like I, I always wanted to be in movies and stuff like that. And my mom would shut it down by saying, the only reason why you want to be on TV is because that's all you know. <laughs> it's like, I remember wanting to be on TV as when I was young too, what my mom would say, but it's like, you grow up and then you find other interests. Well, it's like, fuck i'm grown up and my other interests are still the same interests that i had so i'm just i'm just pursuing it um what else was i gonna say um you said you're into heavy metal i i have a song that i want to play i'll close it out but when i when i i I won't play it right now but i'll just edit it into the episode and when this ends it's called are you familiar with the band death yeah, yeah, yeah. Old time. Yeah, you, you're exactly. into that old stuff. Great, man. <laughs> I've been, I, I've just kind of like learned about it's it because hard, like, hardcore stuff. Yeah, man. They got this song called The Philosopher. So I feel oh, wow. like it, uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. fits you really well. <laughs> we at least there fits go, this man. episode really well. But yeah, like with the guitar, I guess um, <laughs> I specifically wanted to play heavy metal. Like that's just what I was into. And now that I'm learning, I'm like, huh, this genre is not that hard. But I would want, death metal to always just kind of be the base of my um my musical journey and then um hopefully we'll branch out and i would just love to look back and be like oh i was starting with death and now we're playing some acoustic shit who knows (laughs) right right Uh, mr george thank you for coming on my show yeah listen i had a blast this was great this i did too man i learned a lot i feel like we clicked really well and you are definitely um invited to more episodes man i i feel like there's many hours of uh free college education I can get from you. So I, I, I yeah. really appreciate it, man. And yeah, Absolutely. I'm assuming you're a busy guy or whatever, but we'll keep in touch, man. Great talking to you, man. You, Thank you, you very much. Very intelligent. There's so much more I want to talk about, but um, we'll get to it, man. I'm sure today. I'm looking so forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Catch you later.